This is Time Out with You Stadium. This podcast is for you sports super fans, for you sports debaters, and yes, you, the sports opinionators or hot takers. We take your calls live on air and answer questions directly from the You Stadium. Get it at youstadium.com. Join in on the conversation with Brianna, Nick, and Frankie. Time out with You Stadium. What up, everybody? We are back. We had a little hiatus last week. I was out the week before. I lost all my power here, but we are back today. How are you guys doing? Ready to go. Ready to go. Frankie? I am born ready. I cannot wait for this show. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in two months. I know. It's crazy. Um, all right. So before we get started, like always, make sure you are liking and subscribing to all things U Stadium, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, uh, Instagram, wherever <laughs> else we may be. Make sure you're there. Download the U Stadium app. Um, did I miss anything? I think that's everything. Okay. So before we get into anything, guys, Italy won the Euros. How are we feeling about that? Oh my Damn god! Good. Holy that was Damn good. amazing. Champions of Europe in a pretty exciting game against England. It came down to PKs, and unfortunate what happened after the PKs on the England side, where they were throwing racist comments at their players. Um, they defaced a mural of Marcus Rashford, who has done incredible things for his community over there. Um, so Wait, what's a little the story with that. I didn't even, I didn't even see that. So he was one of the ones that missed one of the PKs and he, um, has done a lot for the community up in Manchester. Um, I believe it's along the lines of like meals for school children and things like that. So there's a big mural of him. Um, and I apparently was defaced with racial slurs and remarks and things like that. Um, and some of the neighbors in the area kind of went over and covered all of that up and put, heartfelt comments on there calling him a hero and saying like, it's okay. He's that kid sent him um, some nice notes and everything. So it's a little, it's a little disappointing to see like that's where it ended up after the game, but to also see the people come and support him. And then I'm sure he's feeling, you know, kind of like crap right now. I mean, he missed a PK to potentially win Euros. I would feel like crap too, but it's really nice to see that the fans who are real fans are showing support for him. Um, so even as Italian fans, we send our sentiments over to Marcus Rashford and all the other players that are facing some pretty nasty backlash because that's just there's no re- no need for that. So, but Forza Zuri. So yeah, we, we were outside of uh, Lago and Silver in West Harris in New York with a ton of people. I mean, I think we, we were expecting probably like 250 and 300 people, but easily doubled that. Probably about a thousand of us outside there. We had the big screen and. Look at that uh, fist pumping right there. Look at that, Nick. <laughs> I wasn't there, but I wish I was, honestly. Yeah, but a lot of a lot of people did, and it was wild out there. It was loud. The place was just – you felt the anxiety, you know, while they were down one nothing all the way up until, you know, midway of the second you know second half, and penalty kicks were just – you could hear a, a pin drop, and you really – you did feel like the anxiety of the group there. And then after they did win, I think, yeah, this is after the, the PKs and – uh, people just stayed in the streets for hours. You know, they started kicking everybody out around eight o'clock, but there was still like hundreds of people up until eight o'clock. And it was just such an awesome event. Our good friend, Andrea, who's definitely a fan of the show, a fan of every 
everything we do here at U Stadium. He's worked with us in the past. He put it on with his team at uh, Lago, and there, there was a drone with the flag, which was pretty cool. So um, it was really an awesome event, and um, feels good to finally win something. And one of my teams hasn't won uh, <laughs> since Italy in 2006 with the World Cup, so it's cool to experience the um, one side, the World Cup, and the other side with the Euro Cup, and uh, felt good to actually win something. That's the last time you're going to win something, Nick. And my brother said that to me. For a long, long time. I know. We're going to go into our top five teams that we want to win a championship most in our lives. We're going to get into that soon. But, Nick, you're screwed, man. Jets, Mets. Oh, That's boy. You should, have, you should have stayed with the Nets when you were a Nets fan, when you were younger, when they were in Jersey. You should have, you should have, stuck, you should have stuck them out. You could have. Yeah. The, the, had NBA, the, know, the NBA kind of soured on me, and, and I hated the Brooklyn rebrand with the Nets and don't like the current Nets team, so I'm actually good with letting that thing happen over there. They're not going to win anything anyway. It doesn't matter. Unbelievable. That's right. Well, we got the World Cup next summer, so. That's true. It next November, which sucks. Oh, yeah. Well, Because of Qatar they, and all that in, crooked yeah. shit they have going on with FIFA, which is terrible. So, well, we have plenty of time to complain about that. And shout out to Martino, who joined us along the way with all the soccer coverage. He, was, he came, wouldn't show up to the actual game to watch. I think he's a little superstitious, but he did show up to the uh, – the post game. So that was cool to see him. That's how, that's how the North end in Boston was the street. They didn't shut the street down, but everybody, it was like a massive parade in the street mm-hmm. and cars were still trying to go through on Hanover street. And people were just standing there celebrating crazy, crazy stuff. The Italians know what they're doing, man. I tell you, we know what we're doing. We know how to party. So it's pretty cool. It was fun. So going Only if into... we knew how to run our government and, and help people make money. That's it. No. But everything else we were, we're pretty good at. That's a little about. bit out of our hands. Um, getting into what Frankie alluded to a couple minutes ago, we are doing our top five teams that we want to see win a championship. So we have graphics made for these, and we are going to go one at a time and kind of just explain super quick our reasoning behind each one, whether it's just like a just because, or if there's like a legit reason behind it. Um, so Frankie, you can go first. If we can pull Frankie's graphic up. All right, take it away. I only see one championship out of that in the next five years. And you know who that is. Lea Zupri, a quattro, number four. I was going to say. <laughs> all right. So, um, all right. I'll jump into this quickly. I know Nick's going to share number one with me, although I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. Jet fans, we're nut jobs. Um, if the Jets win, uh, stay inside if you're not a Jets fan because it's going to be intense. It's going to be wild. We're the most maybe starved NFL team for a championship. I don't know if that's because we're just nuts or um, being in New York City and New York and just wanting to uh, you know feel what the Yankees have gotten over the years. Um the Jets fan base is starving for one. So I want that one real bad. The Number one, number two, close to my jets. It's the Knicks. Again, that New York city team that's just suffered for so long in the shadows of the Yankees and New York and all the successes behind this city. We've been a failure as a franchise and a team like the jets, the Knicks. And um, I want that one real bad. Also not as bad as the jets, but second, Third, you know, I want the freaking USA men's soccer team to do something. I mean, we're currently ranked 20th in the world, which is embarrassing considering the athletes we have. Um, The highest we've ever been ranked was actually fourth, which wasn't too long ago. That was in 2006 when Italy, who I'll get into next one, 
uh, the World Cup. Um, but USA, I want a freaking World Cup. How nice would that be for our country to do something in a sport that we're not notoriously known in? And we're actually notoriously known as being crappy in for the level of talent we have. Um, we're not very good at soccer. So I really would love to see the USA win a World Cup. That's third. Fourth, I'm Italian. I love when Italy wins. It's just like to my core and my soul as a person. So I would love Italy to win another World Cup and shut up these Brazilians and 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 Argentinians and Portuguese. I think they're better than Italians in soccer. You're not better. All right. Even my friend who's uh, half Israeli makes fun of Italians all the time, saying we're all short and we're not good at sports. We get lucky in soccer. He hasn't said a word to me since Italy won on Sunday. I would love for them to win again. So he shuts his mouth even more. And then five, just because we have 27 of them, we have 16 oh more. Oh, my than, God. And we have 16 more than the team that's in second, the St. Louis Cardinals, who have 11. So we have a lot of time where we can let other teams win. So the Yankees. Keep them at five. We're uh, we're too far ahead. We're way ahead of the pack. We 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 can start running backwards like they do in tr- like uh Usain Bolt used to do in track once in a while when he was winning. So <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're good. So I'll I'll keep them fifth. You're insane with the twenty seven rings thing. I'm so sick of you Yankee fans. Right, <laughs> hey, I'm surprised you don't have the Knicks sick number of you one. Guys. Honestly, uh, it's always Jets, man. It's yeah. always Jets. It's football. It's the sport. As a I don't know, it's just a better sport. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, why don't you go, Brie? We'll break up the New York monotony here. We'll yeah, let you get your right. Boston homerism in. Let's I'll get go. it. Yes, I need to. Okay. This is my list. Not everybody is going to like it because the majority of the U Stadium crowd is of Jets fandom and New York descent. So that's okay. Something missing um, here. There is something missing here, and I'll explain that. Um, number one is the Boston Bruins. And it is for the sole reason that this core is getting older. This is probably one of their last runs. I know we've, well, Bruins fans have said that for the last year or two, but they've kind of come out and said it this year. Marchand specifically said, we're getting older. There's no secret we're getting older. Like time's, time's coming. You can't stop it. Much to Tom Brady's chagrin, but it's true. So, I need the Boston Bruins to win at least one more before Marshan retires, Bergeron retires, and they kind of split up this whole core that I've known for the last decade plus of my life. Um, so that's why they're number one. And they're just, they're so close. They really are. They're, they're one piece away. Um, number two is the Patriots. They're, most people are kind of surprised maybe that they're at number two for me, but I just think this Bruins team is too good to not win something right now. And they're the closest out of all the four teams in Boston right now, in my opinion, and the Patriots being my favorite team out of all four. That's why they're at number two. Um, I don't think it's a realistic thing right now with the whole quarterback situation, but you never know. Number three, Italy world cup. Last time they won a world cup, I was just about to turn 10 years old. Um, So that was kind of a long time ago. I'm going to be 25 this year. So it's a little weird. Um, it's, it's just one of those things that is really fun to celebrate with my family, especially my dad. This is like one of the things that we kind of bond over aside from just like the Boston sports thing is we really come together when it comes to Italy football. So that's, that's a big thing for me. And it's just, it would be so cool to see the euros is one thing, but the world cup champions of the world, it's insane. The parties that we saw in the streets would be tenfold. So 
That's why that's there. Number four, the Red Sox. They're the big surprise of, I believe, all of Major League Baseball this year. Nobody thought they were going to be as good as they actually are. I think that they have the team in place to actually make a run at the World Series. Chris Sale's coming back. They called up Jaron Duran. They have Tanner Houck now. They were supposed to play tonight, but the Yankees can't figure out their COVID situation. So, but I think I think they have it in them. I think they have it in them for a long run into October. And number five, this might piss some people off, and that's partially why I picked it. The U.S. women's national team. Their <laughs> reign of dominance is never going to end, and it's going to continue to piss off the men that don't like seeing women be successful in sports, and that's why they're on my list because they're so goddamn good, and they're so goddamn good at making small men angry. That's why they're there. Megan Rapinoe can keep doing her thing with her purple hair and her crazy Victoria's Secret campaigns and whatever. Keep doing it. Keep making them mad and keep bringing home trophies because at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Very and, quick question. Do you have any problem yes. with them all kneeling for the anthem the other night? No. Not at all? Not at all. You know why I have a problem with it? I don't have a problem with people kneeling. I have a problem with a USA-represented team kneeling for a USA anthem. Like you're literally representing the team. That'd be like you're not showing up to play for the Spurs because you don't like the owner and you don't want to play. I mean, like it doesn't it, – it sounds crazy to me. I don't know. It, look, it looked crazy. I'm not going to lie. I'm not trying to get into political discussion. I don't mind players kneeling individually, but, uh, but like 80 – and I feel like some of these girls just kneel not to make their teammate feel like they're they're not on their side or something. They're not – you know, with them on stuff yeah, a lot of, and they really don't feel that way. And it's like, sure. and, I, and I feel like that's, kind of, I don't know. I feel like that's it's just, it doesn't feel right. I don't know. I could be wrong. Well, it's gotten to the point now where it's almost, it takes more guts and, you know, not that it's a thing, you know, not that it's like a, you know, a satchel you know, something to wear on a, on your uh, belt or any, but it's almost takes more guts to not kneel at this point. But by not kneeling, doesn't mean you're against what people are kneeling for. It just means you view or you have different experiences and beliefs than other people do. And now the people who aren't kneeling, like I saw Julie Ertz in that video, didn't kneel. And I think, um, oh, who was the other girl? She, she, she was the one who picked up the flag a couple of years ago and it fell on the floor. What's her name, Bree? Do you remember? O'Hara? Kelly O'Hara? Oh, that, Kelly O'Hara, yes. She was the yeah, only yeah, other yeah. one who didn't kneel. So it's like, you know, you look at them and you're like, well, it's almost a, it's almost a hard for you know those two girls because now they're being judged for not staying you know, kneeling. It becomes such like a pissing contest to me, and that's what I feel like it's become really in this country. It's like it served a purpose. We we understand what it's about. You know, it's if you say it now, if you have one belief or another belief, it's like you're you're shunned. So it's to me, it's just such a. Every time I see it, I'm almost just fed up with it. Because look, I'm not trying to do what the hell you want. I'm always that way. I said that about politics. I say about a, the vaccine, whatever you believe. Do what you want. Leave me alone. It's like it's how I live my life, to be honest with you. <laughs> but at a point, it's just like it, it just opens everybody else up for like ju- you know, judgment to, to judge other other people, and it just gets annoying at a point. But the other thing too is this: does it even help? I feel like it makes the divide even even worse off, right? Like, how many people have honestly changed their opinions towards racial injustices because Kaepernick's kneeling? There is a sense. There is a side to it. That is, you know, you're raising awareness, so groups will be behind it, and you're going to be able to maybe push some agenda forward that could help. But I feel like it almost pisses off some people to a point where, like, they're going to be less prone to listen to the other yeah, side when they, actually, when they actually a lot of people should. off. Yep. 
Yeah, sorry, Brie, back yeah. to you. No, yeah, it's okay. Can, <laughs> no, no, yeah, I agree no. with you, Frank. It, it does, it, I'll admit it. It's like, to me, I'm like, I'm all for bringing awareness to racial injustice and, and you know, specifically with the police and, and, you know, trying to have our police be you know, better, do better, you know, as a whole. But the whole in your face and shoving it down your throat thing definitely turns me off 100%. Yeah. I don't know. I think my biggest thing as to why it doesn't bother me is because it gets people to talk about it like we're doing right now. So it can't be all bad. And that's, it's one thing and the other, if you don't agree with it or the views that it's kind of enforcing, but it gets the conversation started and who knows where things can go from there in a positive way when you're actually having those conversations. So that's why I think it's, where, you know, it's where not are the Celtics on your list? The that's, Celtics are not on my list. Here. How are They're they not, not on my list? Are they They're six? Or are you like pissed off they, at them or something? No, right now? so they. I Bree's would have them. them. I yeah, would have them six. I would have them six. I just think if they were to have won a championship, it would have been in the last few years, and it just seems like the window's closing. I know bringing in Udoka is supposed to be this great big thing that we're all excited for, and I am. If what they said is true, that Jason and Jalen both signed off, um, and Marcus Smart too, the way that they're posting about Marcus Smart and talking about Marcus Smart, it seems like they're going to keep him around. I just don't know if moving Brad to the front office role is going to work as well as they planned. Not just from the sense that he doesn't know what he's doing, but I don't think he really doesn't want to coach anymore. I think he saw the opening to stop coaching a team that, from what I've heard from people close to the team, I'm not going to say whether this is a thousand percent true or not because I mean, I, you never know. Um, a lot of the star players were kind of sick and tired of Brad. And it was either Brad's out or they're out. And, I mean, you can't get the star players out of there or else you're going to start rebuilding all over again. So it's, I think Brad saw his opportunity similar. to move and he took it. And then we'll see what goes from there. But I don't think this is going to be more than one year thing for him in this front office role. It sounds like a demotion, but it sounds like people in the front office really like him, ownership. And yeah. they don't want to get rid of him. Well, he's a, um, I almost, mean, he's a brilliant basketball mind, yeah. so I wouldn't want to get rid of him either. But I just don't think president of like, basketball ops is what I, he wants to be doing. I did an Instagram live during the week with um, Raj from RSF joined, and I did it with uh, Smitty from a fantasy football show and, and um, the Bear Down Cuz guy. And we were talking about uh, the Bears and their GM, Ryan Pace. And I brought up, do you think the drafting of Fields is going to kind of give – um, Pace and Nagy, you know, a leash. And, you know, he said the ownership loves Ryan Pace. It'll probably give Nagy a little bit of a leash, but with Pace, it's like, even if they get to the point where let's say they had a shitty year this year and they're going to move on from him, they would move him into a front office role because they like him that much. So it, it's, it almost feels like a similar um, situation with Brad Stevens. They like the guy. They think he's smart, probably not best for coaching this specific team, Maybe he goes into the front office, builds the team the way he wants, and he goes back in like three years and coaches the team. I mean, that could be a an interesting situation. Yeah. Maybe he just didn't feel he had enough power, you know, the the Parcells adage of, you know, if I'm gonna go, you know, if I'm gonna do the cooking, at least let me go shopping for the ingredients, right? So maybe that was Stevens wasn't able to kind of put together a team that he wanted. So that could be a case. So yeah, you're all in all, you're mad at the Celtics. So that's why they were left off the list. I wouldn't necessarily say mad. I'm just kind of unsure as to what they're doing and until i see it on the court again after this summer when 
because they need to make moves this summer. They need a point mm-hmm. guard. They getting rid of Kemba was great. It was the right move. You dump that contract to make that somebody else's problem. That's awesome. You can't just be Marcus Smart. It can't. So they got to figure it out. Um, we can probably come back to this in the fall before the NBA gets up and running again. Um, and I'll kind of revisit this and see where <laughs> my head's at after the summer that they have. But right now I'm a little a little hesitant yeah. to see what they're doing. So that's I why. respect the, the love for hockey, the respect there. So I, I appreciate that. So I'll get, I'll get into mine, Splash. Mine's very simple. I mean, I really only – have two specific teams that I root hard for <laughs> and you can see the, the person, the individual um, I'm a tiger groupie. That's for sure. Um, the jets clear number one. Nick's, team, and, and Nick's teams are so bad. He has Italy on <laughs> Italy twice, twice. <laughs> and Tiger Woods. <laughs> all right. So it's Italy world cup, Italy Euro cup. I'd love to see them just continue like to own all of Europe and those teams, you know, Spain, Germany, France specifically, I can't stand in England is by far my least favorite soccer team. So I was so happy that Italy got the chance. Like I was rooting for them against Denmark because I wanted exactly what happened was I would love to beat them in their stadium, send their cocky, arrogant asshole fans home crying like children. So that was so great to see. Um, Then the world cup, obviously it's the entire world beat the Brazils, the Argentinas, teams like that um, teams you don't like there. So that's why they're three, four there. Tiger Woods, like I said, I'm a groupie. The Masters win a couple of years ago. It felt as if you were like a, ti- a member of Tiger's team when you won. I always supported him. So. How do you have um, Tiger Woods on? <laughs> dude, I don't like hockey and I don't like basketball. I don't follow any of those teams. And one is clearly the Jets. Like, You're obsessed. Like, you used to love Tiger Woods, man. We I used loved, to have fights about Tiger. Tiger. I was Oh, he's the best. We used to really argue about Tiger. Remember when we we, we made a bet on the air? This is when we had our old show. Didn't you say he was going to win again? Yeah. He ended up winning again, though, right? Yeah, he won the Masters two two years ago. Yeah, yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah, he ended up winning. <laughs> but, it, it took, but it took, what, 12 years well, or yeah, something? So I, I was right for a long time. and then. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, that was like – I mean, he might not ever play again, let alone compete in a Masters tournament. So um, I would just love to see – him uh, the sport is just rejuvenated and he brings so much to the game that like more than any other athlete ever because without Michael Jordan there's always been though there was basketball there will be basketball you know without Babe Ruth or whoever you want to talk about baseball being the face of the sport the quarterbacks in the NFL without Tiger Woods man that's a dead sport like he carried that sport into the 90s and into the 2000s and then really brought it back to life again in uh 20 I think it was a 20 19 masters yeah because 2020 they moved to november which was terrible and then this past one um he wasn't in but he just brings so much to that sport and energy and like a whole youth movement for fans so um he was just so important to like the growth of the game i thought rory, it's always I, been thought an rory sport. I thought rory Roy's was terrible. gonna be somebody that was gonna be able to bring some of that to the funny sport. i always i always he's a flash in the pan never yeah, liked was. rory i think i'm a little i thought he was really good though Brooks he's a good player yeah, no, he, I mean, these guys are all great. Uh, Brooks, to me, is a guy who could have carried that kind of mantle. He or, still or, can, no? I, don't, I just don't see it. I think I think he lost a little bit. Like, he, he like, doesn't play well at all in any of these, like, you know, random opens or whatnot, and then he turns it on for these, you know, the major events. But, like, the injuries are kind of catching up to him. He just seems very, like, negative and mad at the world right now, too, the whole Bryson DeChambeau thing that he has going on, too. It's kind of annoying. Um, but he, he would be the guy now without Tiger who has to like carry the sport. And he's really not. Um, and then remember the kid, uh, 
oh my god, he drew, drawing a blank. Oh, he looks like a twelve-year-old kid. Uh, Jordan Spieth. He was he was like the next Tiger, and he fell off the face of the earth too. So it's such a mental game that like if you can dominate it in as an it's the only individual in that in tennis. Like the individuality of that sport. It's like if you don't have if you lose a little bit mentally, you're done. I mean, look at Tiger for the longest time with all the stuff that went on with him. Yeah. But, um, that's why he's on there for me. I just enjoy watching him the most. Um, and then Rocco the media, Rocco media, Rocco media. Yeah, of carries the sport, but, yeah. yeah, he carries for the Italians a little. He's an Italian American. <laughs> and then you have the other Italian that, uh, Tiger beat a few years ago, uh, in the masters. Um, Who that? Is that Molinari? Name too. yeah, yeah. Francesco Molinari. Um, he's a job. yeah, job. yeah. He doesn't win big, big events, but he's a great player too. Um, but obviously the Jets are number one for me by far. Uh, it's like a giant you know, gap between the next team and then the Mets, especially now it's like they're starting to talk and feel themselves a little bit. The Mets, they got some confidence with Steve Cohen and he says he's going to spend money here. And, and, the, and the biggest like, like it's so upsetting to see Jacob DeGrom not pitch in October because of this awful team and franchise that like they have to start, like there is an absolute like, hurry for them to go out and get a Chris Bryant and another starter here at the deadline because you're just wasting years of Jacob deGrom and this NL East is never going to be as bad as it, as it is this year. So the fact that they're three and a half up, they had all these injuries, the second worst offense in, in the NL, they have to go out and they have to do something. So that that's why they're two. I almost saw it in 2015. Uh, that was a great year, but it ended poorly. Um, and just standing there, like, I was with my brother, who obviously is another die Jeff fan, watching like the Italians celebrate after you know they won the uh, Euros, and you're like, man, this is almost kind of like what it feel it would feel like if the Jets were to ever win. Just kind of people <laughs> just partying in the street and just like nothing else was going. I felt like I was drunk or like hungover, and I didn't even drink. I was too nervous to drink during the game and stuff. But you know, and I just it felt it was like almost like an out of body thing when when your team wins. And like I said, I don't experience it a lot. Um, so I was like, damn, this must be what it feels like before, before I was in the exact opposite boat in terms of me too. Right before the penalty kicks was starting, I was like rushing the lady over, like, get me one of these spike seltzers before penalty kicks start. <laughs> I like, I was like chugging it before like the first kick when I'm like, I have to get one more. In. That's how I am though. at games. you know, Frank, I don't eat and I don't drink during games. I'm, I'm too like, I stand in front of the TV you know, like I was standing the whole time, like we were in the streets, people would bring their own chip. Like these Italians from this, from our town were bringing their patio sets and putting them in like hard stone patio sets. Probably took like 10 of them to throw them in the back of the landscaping truck and bring them down. And they're <laughs> setting them up in the middle of the road and they're sitting around with food and stuff. And like, I'm standing, like we're in the corner, just kind of like pacing around. Like I can't eat during games. I can't drink. Like unless if my teams are playing, otherwise, you know, it's different. But, you know, for me, I'm just like too nervous and too focused. That's crazy. All right. Should we answer this question? Are you guys Can big we, soccer guys? Do you know any of these names aside from Yeah, of course. In your opinion, the best football player in the world, Lionel Messi. Uh, I wouldn't can't say Mbappe right now. Um, Ibrahimovic is old. If you're talking about currently, I mean, you probably got to either go Neymar or Ronaldo just because Ronaldo's still won the it's gold. It's Ronaldo, man. The Euros. Cristiano Ronaldo. I, I don't even, but the problem don't even with Ronaldo like him and, it's Ronaldo. And, and, yeah, yeah, but the problem with Ronaldo, especially in this tournament, if you watch, he scored five goals. I think four of them were on PKs that weren't even of his doing. He didn't draw right. the penalty. He comes. That's in, the thing with soccer. We've spoken about this a bunch. Yeah. If you get fouled in the box, you should have to take the penalty kick. Yeah, 
That should be I a think rule. That's why I'm going to go I, with Messi ridiculous. or Neymar. They create. They create you know how many goals Messi and Ronaldo have scored off of penalty kicks that are not forced by them, just some other player? I mean, they've mm-hmm. made careers. I bet you half their goals are from penalty kicks in league play at least. It's crazy. Yeah. Ronaldo's great, obviously. Um, I would – Ronaldo's Ronaldo's like LeBron. He does everything. Messi's like Seth. He's just like a a deep shooter. You know, Messi's a scorer. And then uh, Ibrahimovic is old. Mbappe's amazing, though. He's he's like the next big striker. I mean, he already is. Who do you say? Lewandowski's a great call too, by the way. But yeah, Lewandowski's good. (laughs) That's a tough question, man. I I mean, you cannot you can't. Neymar is like unbelievable. What about Chiesa, baby? Federico Chiesa. That's my guy. Splash, splash, go on U Stadium Soccer and get the Kiesa in the club clip. That dude was <laughs> You're such awesome. a rap, bro. Let the guy have a good time. All these people want to show him in the club. Dude, and I, I there's probably some videos that. of me out there like that, so I'm going to I'm gonna gather those. up as many as I can. Hey. The I, best I, part? I don't know what his name is. I want to show him some love for the, the comments and questions. Uh, football is the most part? popular sport in the world. The best part yeah. about that? the fact that the Italian-Americans that maybe don't really watch a lot of Serie A are – Falling in love with Chiesa is means I have more people to talk about Juventus with instead of people yeah. just being like, "Oh, what's that? Who's that?" <laughs> so it's great because Chiesa's on Juve, and you obviously got Bonucci and Chiellini, who are the Bonucci, old guard, yeah. been there forever. And then Ronaldo, for now, is still with Juve. I I have a feeling that he's I can't wait for at, him to leave. I, I have a feeling he's going to end leave. up at PSG. Good, I let just, him go. I feel Speaking it in of my PSG bones. and Donnarumma, awful move by him to leave Italy and go play. With a shitbag PSG, I can't stand them. So Nick, anyway. PSG's buying everyone. They haven't bought it. It's a terrible Nick, job by Donnarumma. He shouldn't have done it. It's bad for Nick. What are you, bad. What, Nick, I was reading this to you guys in the text before. I didn't respond at all because I didn't want to. You guys are wrong. If you have an offer to play for PSG and it's enough money, you go and play for PSG. How are you hating on a guy for doing? Where do you want him? You want him to stay in Italy? These guys don't always yes. stay in Italy. He Nick, should've. it doesn't work like that. Where's he going to play for he Juventus should've. or Milan? Yeah, oh, why not? He played him on. He played him on. He they 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 did everything they possible they could to keep him. They just couldn't match what this snake owner of PSG can now. So Nick, that's, give me, that's what Nick, happens. Give me, give me. A that's break, the agent man. world, man. It is what it is. But he should have. They stepped got Sergio in Ramos now too, which is yeah. sickening. That's sickening. like blaming. That's like blaming the Mets for getting that that's that overrated shortstop you guys have because he took more money and didn't stay home. What are you talking? Well, they about? They traded for him. They traded what, for him. Well, they traded for him to give him that offer because they know the team. He knew the team he was with was not going to take that offer. But what do you expect him to do? You want him to stay yeah, at home? Different easily. No, I, I, I'm never one to tell people to take for less money, but to go. I personally just think it, it taints what could have been like a legendary Italian player career, staying in Italy and dominating, like Gianluigi Buffon. He went to PSG, but he went when he was 35. He followed the money there. In my opinion, he should have stayed. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but Javier makes a good point. Spinazzola, we got to talk about yes. him. Yes. My guy. My guy. If they won he, without him, though. It's okay. He would have, I know, he would have been player of the tournament. Yeah, but they were a different I, team with him, man. They needed him. Emerson Emerson did a good job <laughs> filling in. He was serviceable, but I don't think that game would have gone into penalty kicks in the final against England if Spinazzola was on the on the pitch. I just don't Spain think it would happen. They would have they definitely so, had more threat with him. so disgustingly fast. And handsome. And good looking. He's a good looking guy. He really is. He looks like Eric Decker. I don't know why people gave me a hard time about that. And you bit. think so? Yeah, a little bit. I'll I can find know. some picture in the sand. 
I like I like this guy. The comments. Oh, hey, Nick, you uh, follow Jesse James Decker from every U Stadium account we have. By the way, every well, time I go the, on, we did the event with her. Yeah, but you, I, I know amazing. how you someone, are. I know someone's you noticing. <laughs> every time I open up a U Stadium account, like another one, like U Stadium Soccer Esports, there's just Jesse James Decker. Like if one of our accounts has five followers, followings, she's always one of them. <laughs> uh, she's great. <laughs> just on every account we ever had. She's and Addie loves it too. My wife loves loves her. Well, from the event when we did the bowling. Oh, no, she was so event, nice was at awesome. the event. Yeah. yeah, her and Eric were awesome, honestly. Yeah. Terrible They're bowlers, but really, really nice. <laughs> probably the, the most attractive couple on the face of the yes. too. But that's beside the point. All right, we need to move on. We've talked about soccer more in this one episode than we've ever talked about in <laughs> this our. This is the last time for everybody. History. Who hates it. I know there's people who hate it, and we get it. This is the last time. I know we bombarded you guys with it. Um, I think all. I think me and Martino called Italy over England in the finals. Um, so shout outs to us. But this you will be the last were, you time. Got, you guys were right. I was. I was saying France is a better team than Italy. I cannot believe I said that, but I will man of my word at the end of the day. I BS <laughs> a lot, but I'll, I'll limit to my BS. Okay. Sorry. All right. We need to move on. So we are going to continue our top 10 series. Um, edge rushers this time. Splash Ooh. says he's got the graphic ready. Here we go. He always okay. does. Okay. Better let's, than Splash. let's go. This is interesting. I, this is interesting. I actually don't have a lot of disagreements. I think I would flip flop one and two, but I other than that, Frank I would like appreciate it. that. There are so many good edge rushers. Like there yeah, are some guys. Actually, Frank, yeah, like, there's a ton of yeah. I mean the the uh, the fan Von vote Miller's not on, Von Hunter. Miller's not even on there. And I he, know. He, I think he finished third in the fan vote. So that's just that's insane to me. Von yeah, Miller, by the way, guys. is a top ten edge rusher. He just is. I, yeah. We should have had him on there. I think hundred. It's tough. Like, who do you take off at this point? Like, you know, he didn't. He wasn't healthy last year, and then then the year before that, he he kind of declined a bit. But it's like you're not going to doubt a healthy Von Miller. You know, right? You put him. There's on the two guys year, that so. I think are a little bit overrated on that list that are ranked high. Can I guess? Yeah. Chandler Jones and Cam Jordan. No, he loves no. Chandler Jones. Okay, good because that I, I know who you're you on say. Jones. Who am I going to say? say you you're going to say uh, Joey Bosa. Yep. Um, I don't. I, I know you like Shaq Barrett a lot. Maybe Chase Young. Are you not high on him yet? No, no. I love Chase Young. I think Khalil Mack is a I'm little bit overrated. I'm Just a little bit. I don't think he's this. I don't think he's on this level with TJ and Miles. He's not disruptive enough when when he wants to play. Now, when he's in the game and he's aggressive, he's <coughs> unreal. I mean. But he he he's too much of a guy who just mentally checks out of games. I think so. Khalil's amazing, but I don't know. I I could see Khalil if Khalil was sixth or seventh on that list, and Bosa too. I mean, he's supposed to be anchoring this amazing defense in in uh in L.A. and the Chargers. And I don't know. I just I don't I don't really see it. I, I think I just with don't. Mac, I think he's been. You know, he was tr there was so much hype around the trade when the when the Raiders traded him for the two ones and everybody was like, Oh, was what are the Raiders doing? Was he worth it? And then the Bears haven't really won anything. But you have to like realize every year, even PFF, I know people don't love the PFF stats, but pressures, quarterback hits, even if he's not producing the sacks, you know, maybe that he was in Oakland in the first year, the force fumbles, you know, the big plays, like he is ridiculous, Cleo Mack. And I think it has a lot more to do with, you know, the Bears being kind of crappy um you know offensively that they forget actually they have some really talented defensive players that front is really good 
against the run as well. So with Mac, it's like I don't want to like taint what he's done <laughs> because he's great. And Splash, I'm sure, wants to Splash wouldn't shut up oh. about the edge rushers on here. There we go. I think oh, next yeah. year though, Absolutely. I think you're gonna see Nikki Bosa move up, and I think Chase Young, the two Ohio State. Splash, why are you here? Elvis five. Doomerville and Terrell Suggs are no longer playing, so I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm surprised Matt Judon didn't get any more love. I know you guys love to stop, stop, over- stop, <laughs> no, you guys love to overrate players as soon as they leave the Ravens. You did it with CJ Mosley. You do it with all the other retreads that you get from Baltimore that go to the Jets. You know, uh, I, I, everyone everyone told me Orlando Brown was better than Stanley when he got traded, and I was just like, Not me. no, you, just wrong. Um, so I, I'm here to I'm here to discuss with Frankie. He had a, he sent me a just alarming text message. I'm with today. you, Splash. He I'm, told I'm me, on, yeah. He told me TJ Watt was not an elite pass rusher. If if TJ Watt is not an elite pass rusher, no one in the Can NFL you put some context on that conversation, please? <laughs> because we split elite pass rushing and elite runs defending. Mm-hmm. I think TJ Watt is the best run defending edge rusher. The right. best. Mm-hmm. I don't think he with his pass rushing skills, I don't think he's better than Garrett, Mack, Bosa, or Jones, just from a pure pass rushing move centric player. Like his defense helps him. He does stunts. It's that's what I said. But again, looking at his numbers and and how he plays, I I understand you thinking that's crazy, but I I think it's fair to say the defense helps, but I think we need to separate Watt from a guy like Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree in Pittsburgh was so productive because he could be the fourth guy. And if Bud Dupree is your fourth best guy on the defensive line, that's a stellar defensive line. Like I, I love Watt. Well, I hate Watt. I hate to it. I hate Hayward because Steelers, but you get the point what I'm saying. But Watt, he is the guy. It would be saying Aaron Donald is like overrated because he gets help from his line. No, he is the help on his line. He's the reason why Leonard Floyd can look like a somewhat remotely good pass rusher. You know, he's the reason why Michael Brockers had a huge deal with the Ravens until he failed a physical and why he's the difference maker on that team. Like Hayward's an awesome player to it, had a phenomenal season and Dupree was generally pretty good for Pittsburgh, but why is the difference maker and what he does in terms of, both rushing the passer, which he does at an elite level. He had the second most pressures in the NFL, second to only uh, Shaquille Barrett. And he was had a higher pass rush productivity. So he's converting those not just into pressures, not or not just into hurries like Barrett does. He's converting them into hits. He's converting them into sacks. He's converting them into forced fumbles. Watt does everything as a pass rusher. J- just rushing the passer, you know, hand in his dirt, hand in the dirt, going after the quarterback. He's also a premier run defender. There are maybe two guys in the NFL I would take over him as a like a run stuffer at any position, at any position. And you're talking like I, I love me some Calais Campbell, still really good against the run. He may not be number one anymore. He's really good. I like him a lot. He's one of my favorite defensive He's up line there. But why is perhaps the best pass rushing edge, perhaps the best run defending edge. And then when he drops in coverage too, he's a menace. Like the things what can do. And Garrett is an okay run defender. He's an awesome pass rusher. Uh, he's w- physically of, way more physically gifted than T. For sure. God, and he's for, a monster. He is defensive player of the year. 
I, I'd put $5 down on it. I don't happen to have five spare dollars in my betting account, but <laughs> hey, if you put $5 on Miles Garrett, I think you can get your money back. I honestly- How much money did you put on Italy to win the Euro Cup? Oh boy. Yeah, Splash was bandwagoning with me, us. Me and Splash had a little nice text message. ahead of time. Splash, um, how much money did you put on Italy? Tell them. I put 50 cents. <laughs> you put 50 cents. Why did that get you back? Three bucks. It was plus. Oh my god! Yeah, it was. Uh, I think you right after put more because you were on them with me. It was yeah, right you, after their second game. I put, I put fifty cents on Italy and fifty cents on Belgium, and then they both played in the quarterfinals. It's like uh, really that. that honestly, those so, are probably two of the best three teams. Yeah. Did you parlay so, it or you just put fifty cents? No, just fifty cents. <laughs> just I'm 50 cents. Screw well, it. TJ Watt has the most sacks and quarterback hits, I think, in the past two or three years. I mean, the guy he not only is like he doesn't the stat everybody always wants is the sacks like he's producing the hurries he's producing the hits but he's also producing the sacks which is like mm-hmm. you know everybody wants that yeah, the sack that, numbers that, are amazing you know what, 29 sacks he's in last ridiculous. Two years? yeah he's better than, i mean it's hard, hard to say because his brother was great but i think he's gonna he's on a tra- you know trajectory to have a better career than his brother oh i'm gonna give you guys three uh, names i, I want you guys brother's uh, overrated I, I, I would slow down there nick what JJ I think great, did dude. is is unprecedented yeah the, the sort of disruption he had on every single snap, man. Yeah, but, no, I, for for sure. I just think the again, he's bigger. He's bigger than his brother. Well, mm-hmm. JJ is bigger than TJ. TJ TJ plays more the edge. You know, uh, God, these initials are annoying. JJ on the <laughs> interior a lot more. He was able to use his speed. And sure. to me, TJ just dominates on the edge. And I think that player in this sport, you know, the current like the current landscape of the NFL. Is is having more of an impact than JJ is, and I mean right. probably because he plays on the Steelers, so it's more polarizing. But to me, what TJ does week in and week out, and like at the end of the year, you look at it and you're like, he is as good as what you're seeing on Sundays. He's just like, mm-hmm. it's a special player. I mean, and Miles is is great, obviously, and I'm uh, a Nick Bosa, you know, Homer until yes, you know you forever. <laughs> so I think he's going to be, you know, in that same conversation. I was so pissed when he got hurt. Um, and I think Chase Young is is going to be in the top five next year. It, it's such a hard list. Like there's so many good edge rushers. Like like we mentioned, we left guys off this list that could have easily have been on. Well, there. I was just about to say we left off guys like, and I think Montez Sweat. Look out for that guy because mm-hmm. I can see him That's being awesome. someone that we're looking at being on this list next year. Um, we left Brandon Graham off, Sedarius so Smith. Was obviously Chubb JJ Watt. even in the the, the fan vote? He yeah, wasn't. He, was he no, no, we ended up taking him out. Oh, last you took him out. I, I'm a big he's Bradley Chubb more, fan. Man. Yeah, we just yeah, had to see him, him play on the field. Okay. Yeah. He's hurt too much. Because I remember um, you guys had him like Brian Burns. We took off the fan vote also. Mm. Splash. I, I know that's Burns, your guy. He had a Burns great season. Gnarly. Burns he's a really gnarly. good player. Now he can only do one thing, but oh boy, oh boy, that speed rush. That is. But people don't talk about this enough with JJ Watt, and I guess we could move on to the next topic after this. But JJ Watt led the way for someone like Aaron Donald to be as productive as he was because traditionally defensive linemen were taught a lot of them to play in a gap controlled system. And JJ Watt was one of the first ones that really allowed you as a defensive coordinator to isolate. Uh, on your offensive lineman, not be expected to clog gaps and mm. just stick your ground and allow you to almost pass rush as a defensive tackle, which was done a little bit in the past, but not to this mm-hmm. extent. So don't forget, J.J. Watt was one of the first that they isolated him on an island with guards and even centers and obviously tackles and said, 
It's one-on-one. We're not expecting you to do any stunts, any gap control. You're going to go after the quarterback or after, you know, the running back. Um, And they opened it up and allowed a defensive tackle to basically operate like an edge on the inside. So give J.J. Watt his dues on doing that. Yeah, and he opened the door for, I think, someone like Aaron Donald. Um, I bet you Aaron Donald's defensive line coaches and coordinators looked at J.J. film and found ways of isolating him up as yeah, much as possible. They're changing the position, those guys. They're changing that. You know, you're used to just seeing like a big 380-pound dude just clogging holes and gaps, and now it's like these dudes are athletic. Like these are edge rushers playing in, inside at 340 pounds, and it's it's a cra- the game is just crazier and crazier every year with these yeah. athletes. I agree with Splash. I'm excited to see what Matt Judon does this year. That's my two cents about this whole thing. Oh, that's a shocker. <laughs> Lower your expectations. I'm not saying he's going to be like defensive player of the year or anything, but I'm excited he's to see. He's played against the run, but he Pats should are have, gonna have a pretty fumbles. decent rush this year, I think. So. The AFC East is getting all the uh, Ravens trash. That means Gus Edwards will be on the Jets next oh. year. You know? Oh, my goodness. You got Gus an extension, Frank. I'm surprised you didn't show him love. Oh, yeah. Gus Edwards, I, I saw a stat That's earlier. That's good, man. He's he was top bat. five in uh, explosive carries. Remember, it's Baltimore. He's sharing it with J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, and Lamar Jackson. And the Ravens had three of the top five dudes. Yeah. So, and Do- Dobbins. There's a Vikings fan page. Hunter Love. Hunter's a stud. I can't wait to see him. You know, kind of last year he was off, whether it was the injury or whatever he had going off, off the field, the contracts and stuff. He's like, to show to like a, a guy who's not in the top five, but like he could easily be in the top five hunter too. So that's shout out to that comment. We can move right. on. Now. We can move on. We actually have some news. I wouldn't necessarily call it breaking news, but news regarding Richard Sherman, who had a little bit of a run in with the law um, over the last few days. Kind of sad mm, stuff. And you really spirit, read into all of my it. My spirit animal. It's it's a little upsetting um, from the aspect of you hope he's okay because if what was said on the 911 call is true, that he was drunk and saying that he wanted to kill himself, you just hope that he gets the help he needs so that doesn't happen again because that's terrifying for somebody who's so likable and seems just so put together. character for him. Yeah, like that just doesn't seem like him. So I hope... I hope he gets the help he needs. Um, but did they not release him with bail because he was suicidal? That must be the case. I right? I don't they, know. I would imagine um, that seems like kind of like a protocol that they would follow. If but of course, let me yeah. read this off from Bob Condotta from he's from the Seattle Times. Seattle Times, yeah, he's good. He goes. Right. Richard Sherman was released today on his own recognizance. Ten thousand dollars has been requested. He faces no felony charges. Um, but one count of misdemeanor criminal trespass with a domestic violence designation, malicious mischief, DUI, resisting arrest, and has another hearing on Friday. So when he was arrested, it said on his arrest report, which is public information, anybody can look it up and see it, um, which is how it got circulated around social media, that this was being investigated as a felony, mm-hmm. which I guess, I guess is protocol when it comes to domestic violence cases. Um, so people read into that and automatically assumed he was going to be charged with a felony, but that's just yeah, the level of severity. Post. They take these today, kind of well, allegations on social media. They, they jumped to conclusion and, and they thought the worst when you read domestic abuse, obviously, or domestic charge, violence, whatever, there was no physical violence here. Nobody was hurt. His wife, right. ex-wife, 
kids, family members, whatever, there was no physical assault here. Um, and if you read otherwise on social media, they threw this guy, they threw the book at him already. It's just uh, the jump to conclusion society we live in. <clears throat> you know, nobody wants to read into anything and, and wait and let a story play out. They would rather shun the guy, condone him, call him a, a thug or a piece of crap. He was going through, he's, he is going through serious mental issues. He's drinking, obviously. It was crazy because he's he's was just doing, and to be upfront, Frank and I, we love Richard Sherman. He's been awesome to us. We have a, a you know, somewhat of a relationship with him with U Stadium here. So. He supported us when we first started U Stadium. I remember he DM'd up saying, keep start. going, guys. Like, you guys have yep. something good here. Don't stop. Yep. Don't don't listen to the outsider. So he, he, he was close to us from the beginning. Yeah. So it is a little bit more like on a, you know, you, you, you kind of guys who show you love, you, you tend to show them love too. It's just natural thing. So when I first heard of it, I was like, I just talked to this guy. I was talking to him through entire free agency and he was answering like, like we normally would talk and, you know, he was doing different podcasts with PFF and, you know, I was like, Hey, like, we'd love to have you on. He's like, dude, I'd love to do the show. I'm just contractually, contractually, obligated to do these pff you know uh podcasts with collinsworth that he was doing and he seemed like everything was going fine and then it was funny because a couple weeks ago i I hit him back and i didn't hear from him and i was like that's weird he's usually like within a few hours he'll always get back and you know say what's up and i didn't hear from him so then when i heard of this i was like what It's it's the weirdest thing like he's a you know from all accounts like great family guy and doesn't mean he's not because of what happened but um, right. Just kind of scary to like the mental health aspect that like, yeah, we're shining a lot of light on it, but still you just don't know what goes on behind closed doors with these people. And you have a guy, Sherman, who maybe it's because he hasn't gotten, maybe he's just in a weird place between obviously COVID, everybody kind of is. And now he's not playing football. He's not training. He's not on a roster for the first time in what, 10, 11 years. Oh. Maybe that has kind of took a toll on him. He's having a hard time finding, you know, work, a team that's interested. He represents Definitely himself. Weird, yeah, he represents himself. He doesn't have an agent who can shop him around. So it might have just kind of all kind of snowballed and, you know, it happens. So hopefully for his sake, for his family's sake, and for everybody, this all works out. We can He gets on the field. I don't know if he'll have a shot this year, but it's in everybody's kind of best interest for that to happen. Um, and hopefully You know what else happens good. too? You know what happens too with some of these athletes? I think when you're at the top of the world sometimes and everything's going great, and this can be a, applicable to <clears throat> life in general, and you're feeling great about certain things, or you're even your ego is pumping you up for all these years. Once you have some rough patches and then things aren't going well and your ego really takes a hit and you're not used to being this overly confident, brash kind of individual like a Sherman is, um, things can come at you fast. So um, you couple that yeah. with alcohol and, and yeah, it's just kind of, you're like a Ferrari going, to, you know, going 120 miles an hour and, and your brakes aren't. Yeah, so we'll cut the brakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and that's kind of how it is. So, um, yeah, uh, that's I mean that's 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 something that you know as you get older and as you as you mature as a person, it's good to under understand your deficiencies with mental health and certain things. And I'm sure Sherman will be fine. He seems to be an educated guy. But this hits anybody, e- you know, e- equally. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, how much money you have. So, yeah, celebrity yeah. status doesn't take away from dealing with mental it only health makes health. it worse to be honest exactly. yeah, honestly look exactly. at hollywood i mean they yep. have probably you can't hide it that. yeah yep. exactly so, so hopefully everybody's good and they can put it yeah. behind them yep and we wish him the best in whatever sort of recovery period he has and hopefully we can see him on the field this year so that's yep. that um let's move on to a different 
name or two in the secondary. Uh, one near and dear to my heart, Stefan Gilmore. <laughs> and then the other in the same division in Xavier Howard. Their names have been circling a little bit in trade talks, some rumors going around. So it's obvious the Patriots and Gilmore haven't really come to any middle ground in terms of getting him a new deal. Um, he wants to be paid what he's worth. I'm not necessarily sure what he's worth at this point at 31 years old, coming off of a torn quad. Um, I don't think it's anybody more, knows. <laughs> it's more yeah. than the $7 million or seven point whatever million dollars he's due to be making. I know that much, but I don't know if it's necessarily as much as he thinks. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Um, and then Xavier Howard, they're just two, I, in my opinion, two of the best at what they do. They're great. Um, and the, the fact that they're in the same division is kind of, Makes, As a Jeff fan, I, I hope they both go. I, I was going to say, it makes it nice for you guys to talk about this because if you, the sooner you guys can get them out of here, the better. Yes. But what what should these each team do? What should the Dolphins do when it comes to Howard? What should the Pats do when it comes to Gilmore? Should one of them be traded? Should both of them be traded? What would you trade them for? Give me the whole rundown because it's it's kind of important. And we, we're two weeks yeah. away from training camp. This is kind of crunch Less. time right now so yeah it's an interesting thing and, and Brie like with Gilmore it's always been he's always been so interesting to me because you know prior to this year when the Pats went crazy in free agency when they went out and they signed Gilmore right oh, off the bat huge. to a huge deal I was like whoa for this like this guy he was at you know solid in Buffalo but you didn't think of him as you know this great lockdown corner which he became in New England so you know Belichick loves this guy. He went out, you right. know, the pro free agency scouting department with the Pats. They they targeted this guy. They loved him. They paid him. He's been all worth all of that and more with the Pats. And even now, like if if somebody would have gone through, like, because Gilmore makes this public, like, and, and a lot of Pats don't do that. Right. You know, Belichick loves this guy, which to me, you know kind of leads me down the road to think they're going to find a way to keep him because Belichick clearly loves him. Cause if he didn't, a, he wouldn't have been here and they wouldn't have paid him in the first place. And B now going public on the other side of 30, dealing with a lower leg injury for a corner, he probably would have moved on from him at this point, traded him for a two, washed his hands and, and been done. Clearly Belichick loves this guy. Clearly the Pats love this guy that he, he makes the defense work when he's on the field. You know, you can, you know, it's almost like Revis light. He's not as good as Revis in his prime, but you know, when Revis right. came from the Jets, you know, and they won that Super Bowl with the Pats, he played amazing that year. And Gilmore has kind of come in after Revis and has done the same thing. They haven't had the team success as much. But um, Gilmore is, if not the best cover corner in football, he's one of the best. Um, and Xavier Howard is a guy who's just a playmaker, like le led the league in interceptions. It felt like he was having like two picks a week last year at a point in a bunch of them were from Sam Darnold and whoever was that corpse behind the Jets offensive line playing quarterback. Um, so you have kind of two different corners. One guy who's just your pure lockdown, another guy who just makes plays back there. Um, I'd love to see both of them out of the, the division. It seems like both of them have had, you know, their names and trade rumors the past two, three years. Um, if I was a team, I don't think the Gilmore thing is going to end up in a trade. <clears throat> I think eventually he'll come back. They'll rework What kind of quote deal. is that? Yeah, the best. Fit. It's like, like no, what, he's not. Team out of a hat. He's the best fit for. And why the Cardinals? Can people stop believing the Cardinals? Like, like, is that like some like end all be all quote or something? Like, is he is he working for somebody? Uh, that's a weird <laughs> quote. Like, you could literally yeah, put I a mean, million teams in there, and it could. would make sense. 
Yeah, like why the Cardinals of all teams? <laughs> I know, like, I know. I, but I could see the the Dolphins just being fed up. They also have the uh, they have no egg Benogany, who they they drafted in the first round. They have uh, Byron Jones, who they paid through the roof. Um, so I could see them moving off from Howard more than I could see, even though Howard's younger and he's probably got a longer way to go. Well, he definitely does than Gilmore. Um, I could see them just being fed up and being able to move him because they have that cornerback depth in Miami. Um, but I don't, especially with two less than two weeks to camp, like you got to figure out a way to keep both of these guys. Like the way the game is played now, you need these corners and you need a lot of them. Um, and to move on from either of these guys, it, it's tough. But I, I think Belichick finds a way to keep Gilmore here. I agree. My question for you guys is this, and I'm going to propose this out because I haven't really been able to make a, a, a strategic analysis on this. Do you think that you need gray corners to win a championship or to, to even contend? Something about this whole cornerback market's telling me that you really don't. I don't know. I have a feeling that it's a, it's a, it's right now it's looked at as a very important position, <clears throat> but I really think it's, it's a little bit overrated in terms of value to a team. And I think investing that obviously in your defensive line and offensive line, if you were to invest money into a big corner, I'd be more prone to say, don't put that money into a, a big time corner. Don't pay Gilmore this big money. Let him walk or get some assets on the market. But I don't know. I I flip back and forth. It's just something it's, interesting to think. I, I'm with about. you, Frank. And and do you remember back in '09 before the Jets traded for um, Cromartie, when Revis had the like the year of no one ever had a better year individually than Revis had in '09. He had that that like list of receivers he shut down. Best year it's, I've ever seen from any player at their position. Yes, and you're talking about the, be the best ever at that one in that one season. All other teams had to do was throw to the other side. So you're really only as good as your other corner, you know. And, and we talked about this with the offensive line, you know, when I when I talked about how much I, I like the move for Morgan Moses because you have a Beckton on one side. If your right tackle is garbage and your opposite corner is garbage, teams now the, the game plans are so specific to the team that they're playing. You just target the other corner and you throw away from these guys. Or you Granted, target the you middle of the field. You target us. Yeah, so you can go around. So I think it's like if you ask me and I had a team, I'm investing in the front. I'm getting pressure on you know from your edge or your interior, and I'm having two solid corners, and I'm playing a little bit off. I'm not going to play any like hard man cover because these guys now you, you can move so many of them in, inside and line them up in different places. So like to have a lockdown corner and a terrible corner on the other side kind of defeats the purpose. Like you could do so many different things. So if you have one of these guys like a Gilmore and a Jair Alexander and a Xavier Howard, like you better then go out and get another really good corner because then they're just going to go the opposite way. So it's it's a great and I'm sure defenses and offensive coaches and and you know team philosophy talk about this year after year. And it's a great conversation to have. But for me, I'm investing in the front and I'm putting as much pressure and making these quarterbacks as uncomfortable as possible and getting them off their spot rather than investing so heavy on the outside of corner. Well, just a quick tidbit and then I'll let Bree jump in and, and get us the next segment because we'll talk all night about this, Nick. Yeah, I do think if – I, I agree with exactly what you just said. I think if you have a really stout defense – Adding somebody like Xavier Howard or Gilmore is fantastic yes. because it's tough to know where you're going to go with the ball. And you can't just say, I'm going to go to one side or the middle of the field when it's stacked in the middle of the field or the other mm -hmm. side. For example, like when the Packers brought in Charles Woodson, their defense was awesome at that time. Bringing in Woodson, 
you bring it to another level. Um, so, but when you take a guy like uh, Namdi Asamoah and you put him on a defense that was unproven and really had no one really out there, then you take a guy like that and they're terrible because teams are moving away. They get discouraged and things kind of move on. But yeah, yeah, that's that's a great. That's point, why I was man. so shocked when they signed Gilmore that year. I remember being like stunned that they paid this guy. I was like. That is so not like Belichick, and I was yeah. like, Shit, he, this guy he, must Belichick be really was good. right. One of one of his best signings. That's why I, I so like it stands out in my mind that signing, probably because he turned into like the best corner. But I was like, this is so un-Belichick because Belichick never had like I mean, obviously he had Ty Law, but he drafted him. Um, he never spent on corners to come in like he would. He like Bree, you know, they have like these little dudes who come in on one year and just you know look at Malcolm yeah. Butler. You. you know, Developed him and kicked him out. Didn't know he was any good. He's been okay everywhere he went. You know, the Titans, he was solid, but he's never been any any better than he was. Yeah. No. So I'm more of like probably because I've seen Belichick in, in our division do this year after year. Um, it's great to have a difference maker back there on the back end of your defense, but I don't think it, it makes your entire your defense run. Like, look at the Chiefs. They don't have any corners. They have Tyron Matthew, you know, running around back there. It's kind of bringing the energy, the, you know, the, the, he hits, he you know, uh, makes big plays. It's good to have one guy back there at least to do kind of like be the star of the show back there. My only thing with Frankie's point is, and just specifically talking in terms of Stefan Gilmore, because I think this Patriots defense can be really good whether they retain him or not. Obviously, I'd want them to. I want him to stay. I want him to get paid. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be somewhere between nine and a half and ten just because of he's coming off this injury and he's, I mean, he's North of 30. So I, how much longer, how much longer does he have left? What? Yeah, five years, probably get two, years, two, three good year, great years out of him. Right. So my thing with this is the Patriots last time I checked, this could have changed um, after Mac Jones signed his deal. They have about 13 million in cap space left splash. If you could check my math on that one, it would be, it would be capable of happening. I think it should happen. I think it will happen. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen before camp starts. I think he's, it's going to happen probably around August, early, mid-August. Um, you see this? So just, look at these figures here. Steph, Stefan's a little bit underpaid. I mean, he's only making, I think, seven oh, he absolutely is. Oh, He's in a he down year is. of his contract. So, you know, two years ago, he probably made $14 million, you know, that year. But he's just in the on the lower end, and guys, that's what Xavier and Howard's pissed about. Someone beat him to the market again, you know. So that's why these guys you know, they sign deals like this, and and yeah, he's only making seven this year, but two years ago he probably made fourteen or or eleven or whatever it yeah. may be. So he's on the on the back end of the contract where you know the teams a lot of times front load a lot of money. They're in a different position um, financially, so. It, it, it it's not that he made 7 million every year of his career. Like then he'd right. be disgustingly overpaid and he'd have a case for it. Um, but they've already paid him and he played to that level to his credit, obviously. So now he just wants to go back and say, Hey, I played up to that 13, 14 million I made every year. Give it to me again, because I'm still playing at this level. Do the well, Patriots that's will that's be what fine happened last year when they restructured his deal to make it more front loaded. It was like an extra, Three million, four million yeah. on a signing bonus or something. That's why this number is so low on his cap hit. Maybe they um, want to see what he looks like in camp. You know, see how that quad is, and if, if and if he's healthy and he's up, if to he speed, shows they'll, up, they'll pay him. 
Yeah. If he shows the up, Pats will be, I mean, the Pats will be fine. They're going to score so many points with Cam Newton at the helm. They won't even need <laughs> Cam said this is a make or break season for him. He by did. The way. He put said, up put up or shut up. Remember Thanks, what Cam did his first obvious. two games in the NFL, Nick? He threw for 400 yards. He never did again. Wait yeah. till this season. He's going to throw for 400 yards four every, times. Every, every year. Every game. Know, every game. Yeah. 400 yards every game until he retires. <laughs> <laughs> Bree can't, can't wait for Cam to go deep down. <laughs> no. I can't. Out. I can't wait for she the Patriots to... to just torch the Jets like old times this year. So you oh. guys just shut the hell out. Oh, yeah, but oh, would that wanna... do anything for you again? Like at this point, it's like we have no. All it, time. No, it really wouldn't. It would just be like, oh, you know, another day. And another even if dollar. the Jets beat the Pats at this point, where I am in my life, I'm like, okay. You no, know, like I was getting amped up when I was in high school, you know, and shit. But like now, it'd be cool. But like, I'm not gonna. You know, go crazy about it because it's probably one yeah. of their six wins. But we haven't worked with Bree since this the Jets haven't won since season. we worked so, with Bree. Oh yeah, so this is going to be interesting right now. This is going to be yeah. there's going to be a lot of beef behind these games. Hopefully, hope both. Teams yeah, I'm sending you a voice. I'm sending you a bunch of voice notes after we after we uh, we beat that right there. So you wait. Okay. Week two, be... Jets home opener. Week, I'll Carl. be there. Oh, you're I going. My dad and I, my dad and I, we usually try to go to the whatever Pats Jets game is at MetLife just because it's so close to um, where my parents live. So I will be there. I've got some friends that are Jets fans. It is. It's it's so shitty. Chicken fingers aren't bad though. I will give them that. The chicken fingers aren't. Yeah, the food there is not that bad actually. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) The least that they can do is is feed the. Depressed watch out with the building. watch out with the food at MetLife though, with with the Johnson and Johnson family and all the stuff they're finding <laughs> in products. Just be careful. You might find arsenic in your in your honey mustard. So hey, just, I, uh, I, arsenic arsenic poisoning is probably better than watching their team the past ten years. So. <laughs> oh man! All right, are we done here? Was that our last yeah, topic? I think yes, I think we, we are. We are. All right, friends. Uh, Frank, do you like or not like Pete Alonso? I don't like him. You know what? I didn't like him until I saw his presser the other night after he won the home run derby. Actually, I know you like a like the oh my god. No, no, I didn't like when he's like I'm the best power hitter in baseball. Like all right, all right, buddy. Um, weirdo, shaking your head the whole game like like I do at the gym when I'm doing push ups. But uh, no, he's uh he's a little bit of an oddball. But hey, he's (laughs) he's not bad. He's actually he really loves baseball, and I think listen, someone who loves their craft and actually works hard at it. He is a little bit arrogant in his own way, but I actually think he's he's not as bad as I thought he was in terms he's of likability. He's very awkward. He's, he's 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 good. He's a good player, like, man. Yeah, he's a great. I mean, he's built for home run derbies. What he did that thirty-five in that round was crazy. Like they should do the home run derby in Colorado every year. Like those balls were just flying out. Thirty-five in one round was pretty crazy. It was cool to see him win. It was cool to see them. I thought the home run derby was like probably the coolest since I was like in eighth grade or ninth grade. You know, back in like. The '98 years, you know, when the with the home run and the steroid era, I thought last well Monday nights was awesome. Frank, did you see Judge? Is Judge Gio Urshela, Nestor Cortez, Higashioka, and Wandy Peralta all tested positive for COVID? That's why there's no but they have no symptoms. They have no symptoms, so but they still canceled the game. The Delta do variant. They, do they have to go and test everybody at the All Star game now because Judge was there? Yep. Yep, That's all weird. five. All five Red Sox players that were there have to get tested. They, oh boy. I just saw a tweet saying that. Um, you guys dodged the bullet. 
All the hey, Red it's Sox good that All the Mets Stars only had one guy at the All Star game. <laughs> all Red Sox All Stars who were in Denver have been asked to undergo additional testing today because they were told one of the Yankees All Stars had been tested positive for COVID. Freaking Aaron Judge. Yeah, unbelievable. The Yankees can't do anything right this for year. For nothing, Yankees. <laughs> You love Yankee have, fans, right, Bree? Aren't they oh your favorite? Oh my God, those uh, listen. Are they your least listen. favorite fans? Yes, especially. Why the do you not little, like them so much? The what happened teenagers? with you and Yankee fans? What happened with you and Yankee fans? I have to. I called Aaron Judge overrated. At a game. No, no, no. Game, I wasn't oh, even. I wasn't even, even at a game. I was on Twitter, and I called him overrated because it was the night. And he got hurt, probably. No, he didn't get hurt. <laughs> He struck out to end the game. Uh, one of the games they were playing in Boston, I can't remember which one it was, but it was oh, like they had. Well, it was like it was, re- it was this year, right? Yeah, it was like a month ago, maybe at yeah, most yeah, two, yeah. two weeks was, ago. I remember. That um, oh, and they got after you. And they came after me. The little teenagers came after me. The guys that work for John Boy, one of them called me a moron. Right. And then I went on his page, and he said that Garrett Cole was going to save the season the next day, and the Yankees ended up getting fucking smashed. In the first <laughs> inning by like six runs. And I was there screaming my head off at everybody. <laughs> so I they called me all these all the nasty names that you could possibly. Did they all have like basketball avatars? It seems like all the trolls yeah. on, on Twitter yeah. or Instagram have like like a random white Hawks player. Who's that white player on the Hawks that shoots? I mean, he's got a weird name, Frank Kevin something. Herta. Yeah, they all have like him as Herder. their avatar. Anytime you see like um, a random NBA <laughs> NBA player avatar, it's like a fake troll account. It's like yeah, they're all like seventeen kids. years old. So yeah. I made it and a they're point. Angry little dudes. They're man. the meanest. Yeah. And the, some of the names and some of the things that are said to me, I was like, "What the? Did your mother teach you to talk like that?" Those parents should that, be embarrassed. That's New York for you, man. But yeah. they're every fan. It's just random fans in general too are like that on Instagram, especially. Oh, but when it comes to Aaron Judge, though, these like little boys, like just you can't even say that he's an inch too tall without them coming and jumping <laughs> down your throat for being. Does somebody call me racist <laughs> like because the group chat because he's black and I'm like, what does he's being overrated black. at baseball have to do with his skin color? I don't like him. I think he stinks. <laughs> He either strikes out or hits a home run. There's no in between. He's the tallest freaking pay- player in baseball, and he plays on the short porch side of the outfield. And he, some reason, can't catch every fly ball that goes out there. By the way, I cannot stand Twitter anymore. I am God. done with Twitter. I am done. I'll, I'll give two examples, and I'm going to shout the names out. Actually, I'm not going to shout their names out because they're losers. But um, <laughs> one person the other night I posted after Connor lost and got his ass beat again. I posted, is this the end of Connor McGregor as we – knew of him this person yeah this person's going nuts saying typical casual account typical of you guys looking for attention at you stadium that's the only stuff you guys post is looking for attention and likes and followers (laughs) dude your account sucks your twitter sucks your jets podcast is the biggest oh it's a jet i rather know who we're talking about (laughs) i'd rather watch this freaking lamp all night than 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 look at you i feel bad for your wife um that's one isn't he doesn't he like deactivate like every other day he's we talking about the same guy this guy used to be a nice friend of ours we used to invite him to our our events we used to give him free tickets once the stadium got a little bit bigger that we got more followers than the than the five thousand mark, which ninety percent of these accounts are at, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But we got to a higher mark. We get trashed on all the time. It's just it is what it is. But then today I posted 
uh, I thought it was funny. I posted the Dwayne Haskins, like, uh, how it started with him and his wife giving his, giving his wife an engagement ring and, how, and, and uh, you know, how it started and how it's going with her being arrested for punching him in the face with his tooth got knocked out. I thought it was pretty funny. Apparently, that's not funny at all. I, I didn't know that I was, like, insinuating or laughing at a domestic violence joke. Um, so this another Jets account comes after me saying, oh, oh, how uh, how desensitized are you guys? Like, th- this is so rude. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. What happened to Twitter? What happened to the days of Twitter when you could make funny jokes and memes? I guess can't can't do it anymore. That's but. just the world in general now. It's just it spills over into Twitter because it's become so uh, like, OK, on Twitter to be so offended at everything. It's just you kind of got to that's the environment we live in. Feel bad for comedians. Yeah, Bray, do you think it was bad that I made a Dwayne Haskins joke or no? <laughs> yeah, I, have to, I have to get a woman's opinion on this because Nick said it's domestic violence and I was wrong. But I'm like, she punched him in the face and knocked his tooth out. I thought that's pretty funny. If he punched, if he touched I, her, that would not funny, obviously. I get where you're coming from, but I still think it's a little taboo to make jokes. Yeah, distasteful. Okay. A little bit. But right. I get, I do, I do understand your line of thinking, where it's like, oh, you got your tooth knocked out by a girl, ha ha ha. Yeah. But, but it's just, it's not, you know. But I get yeah. it. Yeah, I never thought that the people would actually react that way towards uh, thinking of it as domestic violence. When I know, obviously, it's domestic violence. But when the woman does something to the man. And the man's notoriously someone like Dwayne Haskins. I don't. I would think it could be somewhat funny, but I guess the world we live in, like you really can't say any of that stuff anymore. So, yeah. hey, yep. I don't know. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? All right, are we done here? No. Yeah. I have to talk about uh, Tony Tony Fauci. So if you want to log oh off, oh my god, I'm, I'm out. Like, I'm, I'm out. just kidding. <laughs> Everything we say, there's an over under whether or not we'll say Tony Fauci on the show. So I just had to throw that in there. So, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> anytime, my God, anytime Frankie dives into politics, I just want to stab myself in the face. Um, okay. Don't, Do you, what's this, what's this new thing on the app that you wanted to talk about before we signed off? Uh, we'll talk about it in a few weeks, but um, we're coming out with a dope feature, you fam. So if the you fam's out there, we are coming out with a uh, a points betting model that you guys are going to freaking fall in love with. So we're building that right now. Um, shout outs to the tech team at the U. We got something really game changing coming. Something that we should have built a while ago, but hey, some sometimes things take time. So um, uh, yeah, it's I'm uh, super excited. So yeah, just stay tuned into the community. Stay locked in. We'll send an email to everyone when there's time to beta test. We're gonna need people to beta test. So. Uh, people out there, if you want to beta test, just reach out to me. You can email any of the U Stadium accounts. I'm F at U Stadium or Frankie at U Stadium or Info at U Stadium. Just get in touch with us, DM us all around, and we'll uh, we'll get you ready to beta test. So uh, yeah, this feature is sick. Ask Splash. This feature is dope. This feature is <laughs> real dope. So get ready for it. All right, everybody. Well, on that note, we are out of here. I got to pack for a trip. And you guys, damn, another trip. Where are you going? <laughs> just going to Cape Cod. It's no big deal. Oh my God, Madonna! Geez, you're taking trips over here. <laughs> Just driving wow. down the coast for two <laughs> days. Bree, you're killing it's, it. I must it's say, nothing. I am. I'm. I am. <laughs> the summer of Brianna is what I'm calling this. I'm on a roll. All right. Yankees are taking you guys out. By the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
Win one game first. 0-6 on the season. Win one game first. All right, everybody. We will talk to you uh, next week. Same time, same place. Happy Thursday. Have a great weekend. Bye. That's it for this episode of Time Out with You Stadium. We'd love to connect with you and keep the conversation going. Find us on the U Stadium app, the best way to talk sports on mobile or online. Check us out at ustadium.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a show. 